one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/spoken today. Hello and welcome to the AEW Collision Review. I'm Michael Sidgwick, joined by fellow Dadly Boy Michael Hamlet to discuss everything that went down on Saturday's show. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Stabbers on Music, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We preview and review Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, Dynamite Collision, premium live events, pay-per-views, roundtable discussions. We have wrestler interviews on occasion and host a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. Hamphlet, is Saturday night all right for fighting? Yeah, it's all right for fighting. I love Collision. I really love it. But in a way that I can't quite articulate, I'm not in love with it. Every week is the same. I know how much I'm enjoying this broadcast. I don't know if it's because of the, this, this telecast. I don't know if it's because of like some of the specific wrestlers that I just love getting to watch and the sense of exclusivity around them. I don't know if this week in particular it was because of the announcing. Jesus Christ, Ian Riccoboni kicked ass. Yeah. And I like Kevin Kelly, but Ian Riccoboni kicked ass. Um, we talked at length about the pacing, about the choices, the different and there were things that Dynamite was doing wrong that I was glad to see Collision correct, and I already feel like I was rubbing back off on Dynamite, so that elevates AEW as a product at large for me. I, I'm going to be the low guy on the match everybody loved. I, oh, I was hoping you weren't, because I am, and I got a oh, little bit of criticism oh, on Twitter, which I don't then. mind. I will t- seek feedback. I don't want to be one of these. I'm right now, straight away, that both of them. The Dadleys are only going to give you flaws. It was really great. Yeah. Just really quickly, I think I preferred the first one. Uh, I think the histrionics like massively undercut the story they were actually telling yeah. rather than just doing it for doing its sake. And I think I was actually higher on the main event than a lot of people as well. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I had a really good time. I think the show's brilliant. I think Collision is such a gift like to my week, despite the fact that I don't really have two more hours on a weekend. I find them. I locate them and I find them every week for this. I get a good feeling out of watching Collision. It, this wasn't the match of the year for me, and I feel really guilty about it. Me too. I'm going to try and not be a dick about it, and I, 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 I don't want to be one of these uh, I'm right and you're wrong guys. It's such a pathetic attitude. <laughs> and I understand as well that like, if I'm low on the thing that you really enjoyed, you might not want to listen to it. Like, I don't give a toss anymore what people think. I think I've just reached that age of 37. Well, I've just, there's so much more to worry about and care about. Um, it's fine if... It, winds you up when people don't like the thing that you like. I'm just personally over it, so I can't really get in that headspace mm. anymore. Even if people were to take the piss out of Matt Jackson and being the elite, I'd go, okay. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can see why people don't like it. I happen to think it's great, not being the elite, the young bucks. <laughs> um, but I just, I, so if it, if you're one of those people, and it's absolutely fine to be this way, who, like, doesn't want pretty, you could call it pedantic, you could call it high standards, you could call it miserable if you like, you can call it whatever you want. I don't think either me or Hamlet were absolute slap of five straight on this tag team match, as a lot of people were. You're going to hear some criticism of it. You're welcome to stay with us or not. But I, I, I hate to be, you know, that guy in the office. I don't know how to be any other way. <laughs> but I don't do this to be, I'm just, I've always approached wrestling with a pedantic critical mind. I just have. And you're probably going to get some of it during this tag match. As a way to sort of cover this off, and like people that listen to us for long enough know that my tolerance for nonsense is such that I enjoy WWE and like that. Our contrasts are often what bring us together, you know? Like, I want to be positive. And then you've given people some balance as well. Because I am I loved the match. Loved it. And we're going to get into the minutiae of it and stuff. I just know I didn't feel it on that level. We're five weeks into Collision. Four, five weeks in. And this is my punker bias showing, but it is what it is. I love this roster. Like, I love... I was thinking about after this Collision in particular. Like, like ignoring the match and ignoring the quality of the matches, I think Starks is better off. I think Jay White and Juice Robinson are better off. I think FTR's title reign feels like a title reign now, whereas it didn't before. Uh, a smaller fixed cast is a definite feature. Like, you, like this, this sort of rising tide elevating all ships because there's fewer ships. Like Miro didn't feature this week, and I don't feel like, well, that's it, he's dead then. Like I enjoyed my four weeks of paying attention to Miro. I know he's back next week, or I know he'll kick ass at some point. Um, I just really, like, I genuinely believe that this vehicle, which was set up around CM Punk, so I guess he gets some of the credit, and Danielson is supposedly doing a lot of the backstage stuff, this vehicle is helping people, and, like, I cannot put that over enough. Like, there's very few people in the collision, like the colliders, the collision space on a Saturday, that are wrestling that aren't in a better spot than they were yeah. a month ago. And I know that can't last forever, but it's, I just think it's worth putting over as a vibe at the moment. It's not that electrifying dynamite vibe, but it's a, it's a good for business one. There's a lot of good business being done on Saturdays, I think, on Collision. But I know that doesn't necessarily, like, make you fizzle. But I just think it's, like, the, yeah. building, the building blocks are falling away in AEW a little bit. And I think we've seen them rebuilt here I quite think quickly. So. I think it's definitely a lovely contrast to just how sprawling that rotating kissed, cast, kissed, cast is on Dynamite. There's a lot of functional stuff to mm. Collision. Um, I described that on Twitter just before we get into the actual show itself. And I want to clarify this because I've got a few people wondering what I meant. I said, AEW Collision is 80% a fantastic wrestling show, and let that just sit. I think this is mostly great, just like I think the opening tag match was mostly great. Um, AEW Collision is 80% a fantastic wrestling show, 10% a bit bland, 5% Paul Heyman booking OVW, (laughs) 5% NWA power cosplay energy. So the 80% excellent Self-explanatory, and we'll go into why it's excellent deeper. 10% a bit bland because I don't think this Andrade Malachi Black stuff is anywhere near interesting mm. by AEW standards. It's very, very the kind of pro, uh, program that Triple H would book for me. Yeah, Missing that spark, that detail, that level of thought that I get, or that just, I know the spirit of AEW just doesn't come alive for me when I see that particular program, just as an example. Now, Paul Heyman booking OVW. If you're unaware, Paul Heyman did actually book OVW. He replaced Jim Cornette when Jim Cornette, who presided over the whole thing, um, did an excellent job mostly, and he was raved about for his booking and getting 
basically painted into a corner by John Laurinaitis saying, right, I need this guy, I need this guy, I need this guy. You've got no time to write them out, or you've got like 24 hours to write them out. You've got them for one more show, the main roster bound, and he would do, and I hate putting Cornette over, but he was very, very well regarded as OVW Booker. And not just because he stumbled on like four generational talents at once. Yep. Um, Could easily have been mishandled, all four of them. Oh, God, I. Um, when Heyman took it over, he used CM Punk as the absolute guy. He mm. was besotted with Punk, and they basically, and you know, Punk said on the Best in the World DVD um, that Paul Heyman liked him so much and appreciated his mind and realized he had a really special talent in virtually every area of this business that they formatted the shows together. Heyman and couldn't believe he'd got him, could yeah. he? Because Triple H and Sean were like, I can't go. And he's and like, oh, like, great. You're kidding. All You're right, making Alan. my life so yeah. much easier. If you've ever watched, and you can see some of it on YouTube, there used to be more, um, but you, get, you see the odd thing on OVW, I wouldn't recommend it, is um, have you ever seen a CM Punk Brent Albright match? I think I've seen one, oh, or God. I've seen them all. Is it one of them deals? Or? It's, they're just so long. Yeah. The idea yes. is that yeah. Paul Heyman realized that he didn't, he obviously didn't fancy a lot of the talents down there. He knew what he had in Punk, and it was just the Punker show. Much like Collision is the <laughs> Punker show. Collision is obviously a better version than Paul Heyman's OVW starring CM Punk, but the DNA is not too dissimilar for me, where even if it's not the Punk match going long, there's always one excessively long match, and I feel like it's a bit self-indulgent on that basis. 5% NWA power energy, basically it's the... Saturday Night Main Event intro, the studied, almost cynical, we should be doing more of this. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it just feels a little bit like they're, at times, cosplaying a territory. Do you know what I mean? I do, I do. Uh, Well, look, we said this back in 2020, where are we at now, 2022? Like, I'm an attires guy, but it's like, all right, I... I think I've seen all the Brett variants. The ones like Punker Man, you gave me the Orange Survivor Series 1996 one. We're good, pal. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. You can bring the Chicago flag ones back if you like. Yeah, like the I know they've been in Canada, and maybe that's that was a, then. a bit of a high energy tribute if you want it. Aye, that's it. Yeah, because it was so. the Owen Cup, mm-hmm. like the the bag, like the little purple with the patches on or something. Yeah, yeah. like with those like um, race flag. Yeah, <laughs> anything like FTR doing the same, and I know it's kind of they've. Swallowed that up as part of the CMFTR motif. I think all this will pass now. They're out of Canada and Punk's clearly... Mm. But maybe not, yeah. You're right. Like I think your cynicism isn't unfounded. I think there's a quite a bit of that. They're, it's Punk, right? Like We previewed a forbidden door match that never happened. It was rooted in the fact that he nicked something. He does steal from the best. Yes. <laughs> like he, still, he cannot do that elbow to save his life, but he stole it from Randy Savage who could yeah. while he was wearing Savage's gear when he was paying tribute to him. All that sort of stuff. Like He does... The Saturday night's main event thing, I think, was an instant upgrade to the whole show and the whole I like it, but it's very it is a bit cosplay. Mm. And I know I feel like they should have more fire, more energy. There's a certain energy that was in 80s wrestling that CM Punk in particular is not gonna have. We'll never be able to summon. <laughs> Just feels a little bit obligatory for me. It feels like oh, this is I, I was I'm sorry. This is such it's ten seconds. People love the little SNME. Yeah. I think it's a bit I love that. Let's do that. So if you love it so much, why don't you have some actual passion when you're doing it? They all look a bit bored. I get what you're saying, because you're right, it does take a certain energy to do that fired up in front of the camera that all the 80s guys had. One thing I like about it, and I do hope they stick with it, is the obviously it's a smaller cast, so you're going to get a lot of, like, Punk has done a few now, and FDR, like the Bing Bing Yang have done quite a few. This roster is going to allow 
one week, a guy that doesn't really get an opportunity to cut a promo like that, to screen down the lens for 20 seconds at the top of a show. And I really think that can be the making of somebody. Like, Juice Robinson kind of screamed down every lens in front of him yeah. until he got over in AEW. And I do love that one week, I don't know who the guy would be at the moment. This is a terrible example, but let's just say you didn't know that Action Andretti had the chops in him. And it's like, this week, it's Action Andretti versus Ricky Starks. Remember when they were friends? Now Starks is an asshole. And then That Ash- is probably going to happen as well. And then Action Andretti just knocks it out of the park. Like, you think I'm some goddamn loser, you prick. Like, and you're like, oh my God, all right, let's watch Action Andretti fight. It can be really helpful for the people at the moment aren't quite getting it because yeah. it's the... It's the stars in these top programs. So I do like the idea. You'd get like, uh, I don't know, friggin' like Outlaw Ron Bass. Brutus Beefcake tonight, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. Jesus, Ron Bass can kill. Yeah. Right Just, you'd get people like that on the Saturday Night's Main Event 1. Collision will afford that, I think. And maybe that's Punk's, you know, I'm going to say affable. I mean, political thing of like, I just want to raise some, raise some people up. Yeah. I'm just asking questions. Sink or swim, Andretti. We're in it now. Yeah. We're in the sink or swim era. I like how it's they paid that season. off as well. Yeah. I like how they paid that off. Yes, yeah, CM Punk said sink or swim. He'd also said that to the Sports Illustrated mm-hmm. um, in uh, Barrasso, I think it was. Um, so that's what it's there for. We need these people to be guys, and this is what this show functions to do with like more focus paid on different people than Starks. Spoiler alert. Said I swam on Twitter, which is really, really strong. Right, let's worship and slaughter a sacred <laughs> cow. And the show opens up with a 58 minute, two out of three falls match um, in which FTR defeat the bing binging of Jay White and Juice Robinson in the two out of three falls match. Um, so I can't do a dramatic reading um, like Adam Wilborn, so I'm just going to take you through. Um, the very bare bones of the story they told before um, giving my insight and passing over to Hamlet. So it's very, very slow burn um, early. And I don't hate that as a choice, particularly after last week, because they got beat. Of course, FTR mm. are going to try and take it slowly at their pace, out-wrestle these guys on the mat. Like, FTR's whole thing is they are stamina machines. They can accelerate through these incredibly... Um, complex cutoffs. Their one of their strengths as characters, as fictional characters, is they've got so much in their tank. Yeah. So of course they're going to take that strategy. When if it goes anything like last week, they're going to lose those titles. So it's very, very, very slow. Like very much. We're going to go an hour slow. Um, I don't hate it. Um, Cash and Juice on the mat were a particular delight of that sequence, and obviously Jay and um, Dax were doing a lot of chops. Um, the big inciting incident to um, get towards the um, first fall is Dax's shoulder um, gets posted, and he's selling that throughout. Um, and that leads to um, an absolutely tremendous shatter machine counter. Left hand of God, the shoulder's letting uh, Dax down. He can't complete that, so he gets suckered into the left hand of God and the Blade Runner and the Bing Bing Ging take fall one. Now, this is where I thought the excesses were justified, and I want to shout out Ian Riccoboni, who did an absolutely tremendous job on commentary all night. Almost too good, actually. Um, <laughs> where he constantly puts over Jay White has been in long, yeah. long, long, long matches before in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he's got an, a phenomenal level of endurance. So when he takes near fall after near fall after near fall, one, it doesn't really feel excessive because it's playing off and building from an in-character choice that Jay White had throughout his New Japan tenure. So when he's kicking out of all and sundry, I personally could buy it. Mm-hmm. I could see certain fans. We're not the only ones who thought this was a bit indulgent, by the way. Um, but I can imagine a lot of fans are starting to switch off at this point. The crowd, 
the live crowd were not. Yeah. They peaked every single fall brilliantly, I thought, in terms of the crowd reaction. Kick, sorry, kickouts are supposed to expend energy, and I don't think that gets played with enough. Yeah. And I love that in this. Genuinely, this wasn't one of my bugbears, that personally. Was, that, no, nor me, nor me. It was a little bit in the first match, but as I keep saying, there's a good and bad version of everything. Mm. There is a good and bad version of kicking out of finishes, like or kicking out of signatures, like a lot. And I thought Jay White was the perfect character with which to do it. It formed the overarching story with FTR just trying, right, we've got more in our tanks than these guys. And um, eventually, um, in a great, great, great spot, it's tied 1-1 when FTR, and this puts over the Bing Bing Gang so well because they're indefatigable. They just are kicking out of absolutely everything. They're bang up for this fight, and they're really smart at the cutoffs. Juice Robinson was living his character in yeah. this match. He was just shouting and bawling and just like working as if he was so desperate to win. Um, I thought he was tremendous. The convoluted way in which they set up the shatter machine to tie this one one was tremendous because it felt like we have to mm. be human puzzles here to try and get around it. So when the second fall ended, I was 100% in into thinking, this is absolute magic. This is as good as they obviously think it is. I'm loving this. I'm ready to slap the five if all goes well. For me, the third fall, let it down, and I'll get into why. But I'm telling you now, I put four and a half out of five on this, and that's an absolutely amazing score. Yeah. But to not be perfect, there has to be at least a couple of things wrong. And for me, the couple of things wrong were in the third fall. They decide basically, right, we've had to absolutely bamboozle them just to get the shatter machine. They are kicking out of everything in the ring, right? What we need to do is take it out of the ring and just suplex these lads on the floor, <laughs> and it gets brutal. And I'm loving this yeah. because they're intensifying it in a really organic-feeling way where it's like, right, we just have to kill these guys on the floor. And then what happens is that after kill them on the floor with these suplexes and loads more near falls is that they do I will bury this if it happens on Wednesday as well they do the West Side Story spot they do the West Side Story spot where they're both both teams are really struggling to get to their feet and they eventually stand up and before doing the nose to nose it's basically are conditioning the crowd like captive mammals in a zoo to shout, this is awesome, i do a standing ovation. And I get it, it's wrestling. Of course you want to work a great match. That's mm. the goal of every single wrestler in most matches. It's when you do it so transparently and desperately that I get turned off personally. You might not. You might have thought this was an earned epic standoff and they absolutely deserve the ovation that they've summoned here. But I just couldn't help but wonder, like, I couldn't help but think watching this West Side Story standoff why are you asking for the encore? Mm. Why do you need the praise now? Can you not wait five minutes before the finish <laughs> where you can go to the back and read on Twitter how much everyone loved this match? Because everyone did. Yeah. And I just thought it was so... Not only was it a little bit, like, desperate, nothing happens in a modern match by accident. Even FTR, who are proponents of the old school... And, you know, that you have that old school philosophy of, oh, you know, just gauge the crowd and just do what they wanted to do, basically. Just the fans. Just the fans. <laughs> they, they work the match. We just go with that flow. They've structured this match so at the, what, the 55-minute mark? Yeah. They say, 
we'll have them by here. Yeah. So we'll let them register, and we'll register that reaction. We've got them by this point, and they are mapping this out in mm-hmm. advance. Saying, so what we'll do is we'll just stand around, we'll, we'll sell, 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 and just wait for that standing ovation. Then we'll go to the finish, and then we'll peek at the finish. I find it so arrogant. They should put it on the uh, you need to ask for permission list, not yeah. the band list, the West Side Story spot. Can we do that? And then Tony Khan says every time, no, no. I'm sick of it. Like this has been a he loves that spot. Well, this has been a divisive one since probably NXT ushered in War Games. That was when I remember it becoming really prevalent. They did it in the first Blood and Guts as well. Yeah, well, big epic matches. Yeah, ever since then. So I would say the last six, seven years, it's been like a favourite. They didn't do it in all of the Briscoes matches. That was what I loved about the suplex bit. I was like, we're getting into the Briscoes muck now. Yeah. Like, we're having, we're having fights. Fight. I didn't love. I was very, very lucky. Like, your life expected changed everything. At the first one, I think the dog collar was the best of the bunch. I can say that having attended the first one, I thought the second one was a bit weak because it kind of lent in too hard on this stuff specifically. Yeah, it was, it, it was a try-hard epic, the second one with the Briscoes. Now, I, I, there was too much of that energy here. Before yeah. I give your extended thoughts on the match, just get to the finish. Um, after they do that, there's a... I don't know the science behind this, but Dax Harwood rolls down his knee pad that allows him to put more torque on the sharpshooter and eventually uh, Juice Robinson taps out. Following which the ban gets broken uh, immediately. <laughs> As FTR, like, we've gone 58 minutes, boys. Come on, shake our hands. There's no shame in losing that. We've created something mm. special here. And then they spit, and then they just walk out. So that's your match. 95% of this was phenomenal. And the worst thing is, it's like you don't get that feeling of try-hard desperation throughout. Yeah. It's always that little bit at the end that it just gets a bit self-conscious and desperate it's always it's like as if you've constructed the perfect sentence and then you've changed one of the uh, you've changed the adjective (laughs) to a little bit more daft and like decorative you know what i mean to Uh make it uh the sentence would sing if i just changed that adjective to like i don't know splendiferous (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean i do it's a nice way of putting it i am yeah, I I hate I hate the thought. This is so self indulgent because it's about us rather than these four incredible gifted athletes. I hate the thought that anyone would be listening to this and thinking like you're doing like hot take stuff or like being the I little guy or something. I like I don't I didn't I was nervous about sitting down with you guys and talking Forbidden Door because I felt this way about the two big matches. Yeah, even less so about the main event, but the Omega Osprey one. I knew I was like. This one just wasn't for me by the end. And like you're just you're pretty scared to like put your head out there and peer around and be like, God, they're gonna think I'm being a dickhead and there's gonna a mole that needs whacking. Yeah. This was fantastic. So much of this was great. I think it's so impressive. It's so impressive to me as somebody that's kind of a like a try hard, die hard when it comes to NXT black and gold from about twenty fourteen to twenty nineteen inclusive. I think it's so impressive that you basically knocked out a Triple H saga feud in five weeks. Yeah. That's amazing. The six man the first tag match and this, plus the promo in between. They're probably going to do a proper violent match next. Maybe it's, I can imagine this going to a cage. I wonder if this goes to all in. Like, very possibly one more big match. And the, this would be like Triple H would get three takeovers out of this. The bulk of the year, end of the year, like... Then the weeks go by and you're like, oh, God, get it over with. Yeah, uh, and they've done it like... They've just somehow packed it into this period. It'll become, like, along with basically, I suppose, like, everything say, CM Punk says and does, this becomes the defining program of the early days of Collision. They've got that. That's theirs. And I love that for them. I think that's really amazing. The, just the work has to sing. The work has to speak for itself. But I just knew in that third fall, oh, 
oh, you're, you're losing it. You're chasing the wrong thing. Yeah. Like the suplexes is where it's like, there it is. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, when you were heels, the revival, FTR, you would maybe not do the suplexes, but you would look as heels to try and be as violent as you possibly could to finish DIY because this is starting to get a little bit desperate. And then DIY would take it to an unbelievable level that you weren't ready for. As the baby faces, you are in front of that and you were trying to brutalize and destroy. And you're almost like flashing your teeth again, which as baby faces, you just can't do quite as much. Yeah. I, I was completely in the zone. And then, I don't know, I didn't need... Drama's really tricky in wrestling. I'm a, I'll take a bit of melodrama. Sometimes I'll take it in the right context. Very hard to know when and where the right time is to apply it, and who the hell am I, a fat idiot on the internet, to say that like they got this one wrong? Uh, we are. Let's just underline the, this crowd peaked at exactly the yeah. times they wanted uh-huh. them to peak. In terms of crowd psychology, it was a staggering achievement, especially yeah. over fifty-eight minutes. All four of them had like amazing nights as well. Yeah. Individually and together. Like a really great, you could identify things. Cash, goddamn wheelers, yeah. chain wrestling early. It's oh. like, you had no right to make it so gripping when there wasn't, I didn't, I was being a bit snarky possibly earlier in the review when they were going slow and slow. I was never bored once. No. When I, I, it was the cliche of, well, it's been 20 minutes. I went, what? Mm-hmm. That's which is perfect. And I knew it was going to go long. I knew this was going to go an hour before I sat down to watch it. And when Rick and Bonnie went with 20 minutes in, I did go, what? Mm-hmm. It was it's, fantastic. I thought, again, um, uh, he's maybe been the in-ring star of this whole product, but Jay White, like, Collision's been what Jay White needed, evidently. Like, there was something, not something missing, but there was just, he was already getting lost in the shuffle, and a wrestler of his obvious quality simply can't. Um, Jay White's more divisive than I think you would think, isn't he? I don't oh, think, he's very divisive. I don't think you get, like... You know, most rooms, really? I think 50% of people will just not see it in Jay White. And I think he's making himself a little bit undeniable in these runs as well. I think his engine for these matches isn't... Like, Ian Riccoboni made it part of the core, but only because White's the kind of guy that can prove it true. Yeah, he's going to say all that, then a guy can't suddenly get gassed up or suddenly yeah. not really hold up his end of the deal. It's the same as when, like, Danielson done these long matches and you wouldn't think you'd been out there five minutes. I, just, I was wowed, wowed by all four of these. But I knew that, like, my feelings started to drain by the end. And weirdly, right, is there something to these four? Because the exact same thing happened, albeit in a abridged form, the prior week. I was loving that. And it's it desperation. Had, had the same effect on me. It's that absolute, like, there's not a rest. Every single wrestler, right, wants to work a great match. And it's a tremendous thing that they want to do that. Like, yeah. They want to bump and bump and put so much thought into it. Like, I can't criticize that and the thing is i will overwrite the living hell out of a sentence at times <laughs> like i get it i've got i feel like a sort of kinship but every single wrestler wants to do it when you feel their desperation i just get put off mm. i get put off um there is not a wrestler alive who wrestles for the acclaim as much as dax Howard, in my opinion and the most irritating thing is that he's not just obviously because of the the style that he works. He's not just doing a million high spots or whatever. It's the fact that 95% of him gets it. Mm. Like 95% of his work is so phenomenal, so self-assured. Like he does every little thing magic. Like he grips me like few of the wrestlers with like the old cliche. I got him with a collar and elbow tie up. It's like he did. <laughs> he did. He yeah. f- it feels like he's living it. It feels like he wants to just fight. He feels like he gets tone more than action. It's better than most wrestlers. And 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. At 5% of Dax Harwood, that just wants it too much. Mm. And it's not the first time. And my worry before we move on is that it won't be the last. If this is going to be the CMFTR show, and it is... I do think that if they're going 58 minutes, what, four weeks in? Is this the fifth week of collision? Fifth week, I think, yeah. If they're doing 90 minutes over two weeks, five weeks in, like, they will black and gold themselves into oblivion if they think this is what people want all of the time. Yes, I would agree I think there's a danger in them being, oh, we'll do 40 minutes. Like, they want to be the NWA world champion, except it's a tag team, Dark Souls. I think they will... If they don't exercise a little bit more discipline, people will start to think they're taking the piss. There's already that. I'm not doing this to be contrarian. I don't want to say, oh, I was let down by the finish or I didn't think it was particularly well earned what they did at the finish. I'm not saying that, as you said, to be a hot take merchant. Mm. I've said this to people so many times. Do you know how life would be so much easier if I just liked everything? Yeah. Earnestly. It's so much smoother, isn't it? <laughs> but I did just... Um, do you fancy a good breeze bet? I think we'll agree, so maybe this won't work. A good breeze bet on if Blood and Guts has a West Side Story standoff, because I don't think they will, because I just think the elite have so online, they know this exists, and they've heard the criticisms over the last, the first one having one, and just the general disdain towards it. I don't think there will be one, but every one of these matches these days contains one. I might, you know, yeah. just, it's like when I bet on Newcastle. Yeah, <laughs> so if one I only support Newcastle with 20% of what's left of my heart. You get a coffee if they do it. But like, if uh, if they lose, I was like, right, okay, well, that bank rolls my next few accumulators and I've got something, you know, I've got like, a coffee or whatever. Yeah, or right, can... then, we'll do that. Okay. Are we on air? We'll have that, yeah. We're on air. Good I don't, I don't coffee think the elite will do it. I'd like to think, John, I'd like to think if they, if, if Matt Jackson was like, we've got this really cool idea, we're 40 minutes in and we all do a stand, I had like, Moxie was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> We ain't doing that. It's fake, mate. Yeah, we're not doing it. Um, right, one tradition that has sadly followed Collision um, from Dynamite is the fact that uh, the women have to follow something blow away awesome. Yeah. 
Luckily, Willow Nightingale's involved, and um, the fans did get up for the match, but I think this could have been special if it went on first. Mm. I would describe uh, Willow Nightingale over Ruby Soho in a shorter match than I expected um, as nice, not great. Nice and good without being great or like befitting of a legendary tournament final or anything like that. And the story of the match is that Willow is um, much stronger and, frankly, better. Um like nice trio of suplexes for a near fall. Um, Willow's um, a monster wrestler, if you like, a horse. Um, so she obviously is going to charge into the corner and all the rest of it. Um, so who does get a near fall um, as we near the commercial break, um, after the after which Nightingale hits an enziguri. And the basic story of the match is that... Actually, the, I need to put over the um, Oklahoma Stampede for a near fall oh, because yeah. the fans absolutely love that. And I was the, the Stampede element as well, of course. Nice bit of synergy with the location. Um, so Nightingale had a single leg crab, so who gets to the ropes, and the spray paint can comes into it. Um, and you think, oh, not this way, not this way, because Willow Nightingale is just the absolute best. And it's not that way because she pounces it right out of our hands um, after um, the no future near fall. And she gets the power bomb to win the whole thing. I thought the finish was anticlimactic. I would like if this opened, because, you know, with the kind of match that FTR and uh, Bing Bing Ging are going to have, you've always got that buffer between the hour-long match in the punker, the punker's not, not going to get a reaction. Mm-hmm. I wish they changed the fir- the order of the first two matches, but um, is what it is. I've got, you know, it's not up to me. And um, we don't get the presentation because it's going to happen on Battle of the Belts. Yes, which we're not going to review, but I look forward to uh, commenting on what happened in the very first few seconds of Battle of the Belts after we've talked about the main event. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. This was good without ever quite being great. It's but a I've, nice story of a yeah. larger... I thought, to be fair, right? Sorry, I know I'm stepping on your dick. Considering that it's a babyface thing to be the smaller spirited wrestler against the monster heel, I don't know how Willow Nightingale does this. Yeah. there's a That was a great... It shouldn't work, but it, she's so great. Did you see the Barry Lad tweet about Willow Nightingale? Yeah. Where it's got, it's the Homer Simpson lobster one where he's holding the lobster in everybody's face thinking he's seen like a car. Yeah, hey, I'm a new meme template there. Yeah, <laughs> like all you're seeing is this really ugly, like growling lobster. That's how Willow Nightingale makes people feel, like the smiling cartoon one. Despite obviously the fact that like, it does ask you, it does like ask questions of the sort of old formula and they're kind of subverting it a little bit. Uh, you just, at the moment I'm super into the outcast, but equally I'm into Willow Nightingale as a baby face. I feel like less about the match I'm watching Willow Nightingale's like rising through the ranks. I know she's just held the like New Japan strong women's title, but in the context of AEW, that's just a rung on the ladder, isn't yeah. it? It's a, and she's climbing that ladder. To your point about the position on this card, there's a really there's an open goal for a make good here. Um Nightingale Athena has been announced for the Ring of Honor title uh, for Death Before Dishonor. And obviously with um Claudio's match still being up in the air, they shouldn't main event. Like Athena, no, no. Athena and Willow Nightingale should and could main event. They're, They're not, never going to. I know. There's no obvious challenger for Claudio's title now uh, since Mark Briscoe got injured. People want to watch this Nightingale-Athena match. It feels like the first realistic challenger to Athena's Ring of Honor title. I say that as somebody that never watches the weekly TV show but just keeps an eye on her title defences because yeah. she's box office. I'd love that as a headliner. I'd like, love for ROH to fold and for Athena to be an AW on national television. Yeah, that as well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Nightingale's having what, like one of them years. She'll be one of the 2020 yeah. wrestlers, and that's really cool. It is really cool. It's, uh, it's really cool. <laughs> um, 
There's a video that was taped last week where Shivani wants to talk to Powerhouse Hobbs following the confusion of his ill-fated semi-final. Um, QTV accidentally cost him his tournament. Um, so they go to the locker room. Marshall pleads his innocence or whatever, and Hobbs doesn't kill him yet. I got an AW question for you. Okay. AW Sage. Sage. Ah, oh, QTV. That's good. <laughs> like a Sage wick. Yeah. <laughs> Arky TV. That's one of the many misspellings I've encountered in my life. You must get Sedgwick a lot, dear. That uh, it's common? the automatic thing. Yeah. It's either Sedgwick or when I tell them, no, 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 I know my own name. It's Sedgwick with an I. There's always an E after the G. It, there isn't. Yeah. So QTV, Sedgwick. Uh, are they the only act that is on Dynamite Rampage on Collision? <laughs> yeah. That's fairly certain they are. Like, QT Marshall's like Dark Timeline Jeff Jarrett. Oh, he's, he's, he's got he in there again. I don't want him to be here. Jeff Jarrett had a Black Lodge doppelganger. <laughs> QT Marshall. Marshall. Nobody gets across all three, do they? Like, with their angles and the matches and stuff like that. Um, you know, that Johnny Drip Drip. Oh, look, he's in the gang now. That was on Rampage the other week. They're on Dynamite all the time, because so I have to watch them. And now they're rocking up on Saturdays as well. Aye. The Acclaimed. The Acclaimed. But they've got, like, they draw. Well, I was going to say, and, and who are the Acclaimed feeding right now? QTV. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <sighs> he just he absolutely loves his life, doesn't he, QT Marshall? I thought Harley Cameron was good on uh, Dynamite. I've I've got no ear for that. I can't, like, rate it. I can't analyse it, its quality or anything. I just thought she came across as talented, and thus, I don't get it. Like, oh, I should be Jillian Hall. She was talented. Well, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be anything. What does Matt's Cassidy do, then? Like, I'm, I'm worse than you. Uh, one nil. Like, where'd you yeah, go from I, know. Like, I thought that was really polished. It's absolutely terrible, this whole storyline. As you say, like I thought she was going to be Jillian Hall. Not that I'd ever want to relive that, but I thought that was the heat. That's a gag. Aye? Yeah. So weird. Uh, we get a squash with the Kings of the Black Throne. That entrance theme is... Uh, oh, my God. ...goated. It's so great. Uh, they kill two guys. Um, just a total warpath. Um, it's really fun for what it is. It's a nice buffer, as I mentioned earlier. Um, Andrade El Idolo, that's how you pronounce it, Ricky Bonnie, <laughs> um, comes out and um, he's held back by referees. <sighs> Why? I know the reason. <laughs> they don't want them to get physical yet so that you go, oh, go on, I want to watch this match. Is it the look of the draw? When someone just comes... I've seen, like, screwdriver beatdowns <laughs> where if it's real... In AW this year, I've seen vile screwdriver attacks where if it's real, you could dent someone's head, lacerate their forehead, drill deep into their skull, gouge their eye out, and then no one comes out. The yeah. ref court is just conspicuous by their absence. Andrade comes out, and he's like, ah, oh, you can't do that. I'm not, I'm not armed. Protect the jacked goths. Yes. At all costs. <laughs> It's just weird. Um, then they taunt Andrade with a stolen mask, and this is his, uh, this is Triple H NXT booking as it gets for me. So I'd imagine man, well, guy Black's it. absolutely rubbing it off. Yeah. I... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, this is it, right? Who's it for? Because I agree with you, and it's not really for me. So, like, who is this, like, just for House of Black guys? Like, I think they're, they're the, the rule-proven exception on this collision roster at the moment. I Of everybody that has gone on to Saturdays and is getting time and space to let the characters breathe and, like, finding some focus again. House of Black needed it just as much as anybody else, and I see what this feud is, and I get it, and I get that Andrade is going to get partners, and I get that they're... Sidge, man, I hate the trios division, and I always have. At my, at my core, I always have. I used to resent it for taking Kenny Omega away from singles matches. 
I resent it about the lack of stories. I resent the fact that House of Black stories are basically a bit lame to me. And I resent the fact that I don't fizz for good matches because I've been given no reason to. I don't think it works. Like, Speaking of Omega Singles match, have you watched The Vikingo? haven't seen it yet, but I will make time for it. It's not as good as the Dynamite match ah. because the Dynamite match is this, how is this happening, 18-minute sprint. Yes. Omega does a very long heat sequence, but he... Like he stooges it up, he's like the heel. Do you want to spoil that for one little thing that? He yeah, does? yeah, yeah. He puts on Vikingo's helmet, yeah, and then just flops on him. Oh yes, it's great. Going Rudo, yeah. I want to watch that. I want to see that. It's yeah. it's not that. Good. Last five minutes, like he's the best. Yeah, even when he's doing right. Okay, it's triple A. Need to work my hardest here. <laughs> He's still very entertaining in the last five minutes. Of light. It's just ridiculous. Oh, yes. Absolutely ridiculous last five minutes. But I, there's times when it's like, oh, come on. I know what you're doing here. And it's fine. It's the first Kenny match I can ever remember in, like, since his return that went dipped into four. Yeah. Three and three, obviously. It's fancy Kenny that. Omega. It's fancy a look at that. Yeah, it's that, still, that in uh, itself is weird. I, I, don't like, I don't like trios division at all. Nah, it sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does, man. It totally sucks. Yeah. All it's done is destroy the tag team division. Yeah. That's that's two L's. Can you imagine, like, they at one point... Well, that's why you get matches like the one in the opener. They could have done, and they should do this to differentiate from New Japan, because you don't want to just do the G1. You could have done a tag team G1. Yeah. And it would have been the best, one of the best things in the tag team form ever. Mm. And now too many of these guys are occupied in melodramas, the elite, or <laughs> the trios division. And, like, the banger's not even guaranteed. We've been in the building for the supposed, well, those are three guys, and those are three guys, dead. Yeah. It doesn't. It's not a guarantee. So what is it then now? Yeah. Don't know what the hell it is. Um, and right, because of the hour-long Dax Harwood match, I mean, FTR versus Bing Bing Gang match, <laughs> I'm taking the piss, man. Yeah, I, mean, the I, piss. Know, uh, I don't fix watches for a living, but I was looking at that clock, and I saw 58 minutes, and just like when Britt was in the Iron Man match, I knew we had him. I think it's, uh, Dax did have him. Yeah. Had more than Brett and Sean. I know. Yeah. You like that? I'm more than Sean Michaels, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't you say a goddamn thing about the hip man. So Ricky Starks defeats CM Punk shockingly in the Owen Hart Foundation Cup 2023 final. There's a lot of headlock takeovers. Um, it's not the Brett Hart Cup. Um, in this match very early. <laughs> he's, not, he's not doing that. Or landing on his feet backflip, is he? Yeah. yeah. True, this is true. Okay, he knows his lane. That's, I guess, that's absolutely fine. A lot of headlock takeovers, a lot of mat wrestling, not a great deal of huge excitement, um, but he does do a great job of basically putting over his experience and making the bumps count later on. Mm. Like, again, not the nicest or smoothest transition for that sort of um, tornado DDT off the ropes, but my God, the punter takes a great bump for it. Um, there's not really an awful lot to it that I can sink my teeth into. I'm hoping you can do my job for me here <laughs> because you were higher on the match than I was. I did think CM Punk did a great job of just manipulating that crowd yes. into Starks' favour, but subtly um, to a point that the finish scan is a shock. So I thought it was really good work from Punk, um, but that dissonance of him being Cena, I, I didn't like it when Cena was Cena mm. because it's like, it's not oh, the crowd reaction's not right, and that just gets at me a little bit. Um, in an absolutely a wonderful spot that I thought CM Punk's doing this like his buddy Brian Danielson. Um, Starks goes for the spear. CM Punk rolls through. Oh my God. And does that uh, dragon, is it? Yeah. And then, um, so you feel like, right, Starks is done for. 
CM Punk's got an answer for his best bit, which is genuinely true because Starks can't beat him in a fair fight. So instead, during a, um, a, a near fall trade off by the finish, Starks holds onto the ropes, effectively in, initiating his heel turn, and CM Punk looks. He's got the best, I can't believe I lost face. Yeah. But he should go to the performance center and teach. Um, he just says, What? <laughs> Did that just happen? He just there were so many emotions on his face mm-hmm. because he's so goddamn great at what he does. That's never like, there's a bit of disbelief, disappointment, a little bit of seethe, mostly like confusion, like so many different expressions on his face at once. Like he makes it feel real. Oh, Even if the punk it doesn't give you a blow away awesome match. Even if the punk it doesn't give you a really exciting, understated match, if he gives you a match that, quite frankly, I don't think was that great, he still gives you the experience that you're watching something real. Suspension of disbelief is rarely easier than it is when you are watching CM Punk. And um, it cuts off the feed, but in um, the start of Battle of the Belts, Jushin Thunder Liger goes to present the trophy to Starks in full gear, and Starks just rips it away from his hands and runs away. Unbelievable. So inspired. I was saying on the preview that I think the babyfaces should win the Yonin for the first few years, at least. Keep it nice. Then I read another take on Twitter. I can't remember who this was. Just saying, Owen and trophies and being like a knob were great. So Uh that's a great tribute. Yeah, the Slammy Award thing, yeah. Um, I had a, I'm going to shout out Ibu of WrestlePurist. Had a nice exchange with him on Twitter the other day um, about uh, one of our favourite things, Summer 2021 AEW. And he said he was looking at the cards um, on Cage Match or something like that, and the lineups didn't look anywhere as impressive as he remembered. But he knows he was there, and he remembers the feeling, and yeah. he remembered every single week those Dynamites felt special. And I happened upon what I then labelled the Punker Ratio, which is when you were watching, because you were feeling so much for these fabulous stories of which AEW in the summer of 2021 was just overflowing yeah. with fabulous stories and fabulous storytellers. Everyone was operating at the next level. Everyone was really locked into storylines they were having. That you would see a match on a piece of paper, such as, and I think that what spawned all this was John Moxley versus Carl Anderson. Not a guarantee of a, a great match. But a great match nonetheless. Yeah. Even if it's like three and three and you never watch it again. Moxley, Carl Anderson. You were so, that, that was the one, yeah. yeah. So you were so locked in to a John Moxley character at that point, as he was and as Anderson was and as all of those different characters and stories were, that it didn't matter as much. And then when you read it back, and this will be the case with Punk and Stark, you're like, oh, the Owen final. Yeah, like the match, I, I kind of recommend it to you. Not really. But I just think Punk is so dialed in. I am so. He's got me on strings. Like, I'm on, I'm really pleased to see him, but I'm on edge, and he knows it. And your point about, like, how do you, like, ah, oh, the performance that needs him, that's Roy Keane trying to manage. Yeah, some, yeah when, can't when, do when we were in the relegation zone, and he was Sunder manager, and he wasn't going to get us out of trouble, because his only advice was, we'll just be Roy Keane. I want everything going, just do that. And yeah. his players are simply not able to. I Punk's doing the stuff. Oh, you can't do it. You can't teach. Yeah. But, like, the hope is obviously that he wrestles someone like a Starks, who I don't think is having a particularly good year. Uh, it's weird because this is kind of a referendum on Starks, and he kind of failed for me a little bit. Like he didn't, he hasn't blown me away in ages. He yeah. hasn't captivated me in ages, and then he does that with the trophy. 
which was a perfect character moment, and yeah. you just think, well, so it's all to play for because this character is going to go off in a direction you want to watch, and if he becomes more motivated, then the matches start to have a bit of life and a bit of character again. I thought this, like, I can't disagree. This is the thing with a lot of CM Punk matches. I can never disagree if people want to criticise the quality of the work. The fin- even the finish, it was anything but excellently executed. Right, Starks barely got over to the rope in time. Their bodies were where they were. He yeah. got over just for the three. But you know what you're watching, and you know what you're supposed to see. And then the second CM Punk doing all those faces, by the way, while covered in Ricky Starks streamers, yeah, he's raced up the aisle. They know what they're doing here. They know there are a few people in my mind in wrestling. Full stop. Kenny Omega is another one, which is why Omega Punk is the dream match that can visualize exactly what it looks like. Punk. It's not a surprise to Punk when his facials have splashed all over the internet after the fact because he knows what's coming, because yeah. he knows how to perform them. And you've seen it mid-match as well, which I'm really liking. I'm noticing the... Remember when he first came back, and we were trying to decide, are we being generous, or is he just knackered? Yeah. I don't think he's knackered. I think he's... I don't think he's playing cart horse. I think he's playing slightly frustrated, and I think you're seeing it creep out bit by bit by bit by he's bit. He's looked so much more like he hasn't been away for seven years on this run. Yeah, massively. I think the first match was the only time... The six-man was the only time where I didn't see, um, like the real dark heart of CM Punk, the worker, lurking underneath. That was the, I'm going to be as happy to be here as I possibly can because I'm with my friends and the happier I am. We're in Chicago. In Chicago. The more no, ins- I'm saying is we're in Chicago. The more incensed the TV viewers are going to get that I'm just buzzing to be back. Ever since then, they've not been in Chicago and he gets to sort of just pop and crackle a little bit and he hasn't snapped yet. Like, he's saying a rice crispy bit. But I just, yeah. I can't. Good wordplay. Uh, yeah, I'll. Try and come up with a relation with the <laughs> for Smackers. I, uh, I just think this character, I hate this word. I hate this word. He's going to take on a journey. Yeah. And, like, he really is. He doesn't, he thinks big. God, like, him and the elite should be best mates. I know. All you ever, like, all you ever sort of come back around to the thing is, oh, they're, they're on the same page. They just will never, ever realise it because they're stubborn. I don't know about Starks as a... Uh, like as a heel right now, but I just genuinely hope off the it's back better of than a baby face. Yeah, off the back of this and prior performances this year, I'm just not seeing enough. It's weird uh, when people visibly like it's weird. The one Starks in this match anyway, but like the one I don't know, Punk face Punk versus heel Starks. I don't think that's a particularly great direction. But it's only after the fact do I think that in the moment. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, give us more of this. I feel like the next two CM Punk, like we haven't had a CM Punk angle yet. He's, he's like swimming around it like a shark. But whatever the story is, all of this is a contributing factor. And whenever this happens, not wrestling always used to work. Whenever this happens, because you can tell long-term stories. Say like Punk feuds with, um, I don't know, who's like a sort of a baby face on the rise on Collision at the moment. Scorpio like, Sky. Ugh. Let's say he falls out with FTR. Yeah. Right? And they're like, and Dax is like, I ain't no counsellor, but you look, ain't looking yourself, man. And like Punk's like, F off. Like <laughs> and they don't know why, and they're not sure why this great unit, and this, they were so excited to all get back together, and it's like, Starks get over by proxy. Everyone on the way gets over by proxy, yeah. because that's what happens when you book long term, and that's, that's the benefit of all this, isn't it? That's the benefit of the great thinkers, and the people that make this make yeah. sense. And I just, that's what I'm getting from these CM Punk performances, which is... I guess not the best analysis because if you don't feel it, you just don't. But I think he's working to make everybody feel it. I don't think there's many people. The biggest elite 
like marks CM Punk cynics they can't watch the last month and not see what his obvious value is I, I watched the Kojima match <sighs> I was just like I was in wrestling Nirvana yeah it was absolutely that's my favourite one since he's come back Agreed. I absolutely loved it um, now the guy's great um, I look forward to watching him more on um, Ohio Valley Wrestling from Kentucky um, Ohio <laughs> Fairgrounds or something, uh, uh, something like that. that. Toilet building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, we got him in the fairgrounds. Six Flags. <laughs> yeah, Six Flags. Um, look, I'm going to answer the. Qu- I'm going to ask the question. Dark as a segue to you know, wind the podcast down. Were we too harsh on the opener? Yes, probably. I'm sorry. It's just. I don't know any other way. Um, I've been Michael Sidgwick. He's been Michael Hamflet. You can follow him on Twitter at... Michael Hamflet. You can follow me on Twitter at M. Sidgwick. Again, you can't earnestly get into the debate um, on whether we were too harsh on that opener at what culture WWE under the link to this podcast make sure to subscribe to this podcast we've got more for you later including the Smackdown review and the Raw preview but until then thank you very much for joining us and we will see you soon Roundabout Season 2 presented by Nissan is live now and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way we're talking rest stops if we're stopping to get gas you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. <laughs> and so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.